welcome to Pixel Hunt Podcast. I'm Mark, and that was a very brief operatic intro. I'm Dan, and I don't think I really understand what opera is, if that was it. I'm Sullen. I've got a mince pie because it's December the 1st. Have that. Is, is it officially okay to have mince pies now, then? Yeah. Anything Christmas-related in November is for knobheads. All right. Well, I put the tree up and uh, decorated. And, Did you put uh, it up yourself? Yeah, I I, when I say I put the tree up, I mean I bought a tree. <laughs> Everyone you else. My earlier statement. Everyone else put the, <laughs> put the tree up. And I was eating mince pies last week, and I wore my Christmas jumper that says on it, it's beginning to look a lot like Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> that seems to have died of death, doesn't it? And it was I know. Bringing it back. Anyway, um, we are a gaming podcast. Uh, not that you'd know not from that mind, know but, <laughs> um, called Pixel Hunt Podcast. And what we like to do is deep dive and analyze games one system and letter at a time. For this first series, season one or world one, we are covering the Nintendo Entertainment System or NES or Famicom, as it was known in Japan. Oh, oh you said it. Go on, so he had, he had a gob full of miles for the in. So, working our way from A to Z, this episode, our World One Stage Twenty Two, we have reached letter V, and that means we are playing a whole Lord Bag of Ice Project Doom. Vice Project Doom. Yeah, it's a good name for a game, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I'll tell you what, though, spoiler alert, it's not shit, so that'll keep you interested. (laughs) Um, So before we dive into that game, uh, let's talk about the other games and films and things that uh, we've been playing and doing. Sullivan. Gaming. Uh, I've got a PlayStation 5. Lucky bugger. Um, that's That's a good thing that I've got one. I've not been able to get on it because my daughter's obsessed with Miles Morales. Um, Just punch I, her. Uh, I could do this. This is King's going to do it. Bang. <laughs> but I've dabbled in it. I've played a bit of Bug Snacks, which uh, is currently free on your PlayStation Plus. And it's like a, um, you're like a Muppet type character. You know, like real life. Very big head, big eyes. <laughs> And you are a journalist who's gone to an island looking for some scientists. The story's not really unraveled yeah, yet. Yeah, I saw a review of this. It got it got a reasonably good sort of uh, write up. It's off its it's off its head, basically. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much what they said. They said it was good though, mainly because of the story. You can. It's cribbing from lots of places. The point is, you go around and you pick up bug these bugs. Yeah. Which, uh, like Pokemon style. Anyway, um, fuck all this shit. Demon Soul, Demon Soul, Demon Soul. Did you not yeah. get that? So, yeah, I've got Demon <laughs> Soul and I've got Miles Morales and I've, I've touched, I've, no, not really. I've barely played them. No, no way. I know. So, um, I will do though. I will do it. It's just, if you're going to sit down with Demon Souls, you need to sit down, not for 20 minutes. Not for no. half an hour. You yeah, need you, a, need, a, you need an hour-based stint, yeah. But I'm impressed with it at the minute from turning it on and starting Miles Morales up. It's about a minute, something like that, from actually powering on the machine to getting into it and playing. So you can see 
one of the advantages of this next generation is certainly load times. Taking full advantage of those SSDs. That's the biggest thing, isn't it? The best SSDs are game changer for anything. But yeah, so far so good. It's even setting it up was fairly straightforward. There wasn't fifty-five gigs of updates, but maybe that's because it's just come Brand out. New. Yeah. Um, and it just said, right, power on your PlayStation Four. Let me know where it is. Click a button to transfer, and it just pulls all your saved data and everything. You know, right? Okay, cool. But and you can play other things while it's doing that. So it seems to finally got a. Uh, handle on multitasking. You know what PlayStation was like when you got an update and you couldn't do anything else other than just stare Stay and watch the screen. It. Yeah. So and, I think the and they always things... used to update painfully slowly as well. Have they sorted that out? Yeah. They, they, again, yeah, it all, all seemed fairly sharpish. The one impressive thing of all the of size it, of it. It's well, yeah, the size <laughs> to take a window out to get in the house, but the controller is. Very impressive. So you get the Astro Bot's Playroom thing. Yeah. That's not sure. Is it called Playroom or was that I on think, the PlayStation? Oh, yeah, Astro Bot's Super Duper New Adventure, which just highlights all the... Nuances. Uh, all the nuances, all the new triggers. Yeah. And that, that, that responsive trigger, I'm sure there's a proper technical term for it, is weird. It's not something you're just used to pulling on the trigger, aren't you? But mm. sometimes you've got more... Um, tension in it or resistance sometimes you haven't it adapts to, to, to the skill you want to that's do that's why they call the it an adaptive trigger is that what it's called well, <laughs> I there you go. So, yeah I did, I did quite like the idea of that when i heard when i first heard about it because um as as you are mark um, i'm into racing games mm. and and you've also you've always got an accelerator and a brake and i'd be interested if they would use if they'd firm up the brake pedal because obviously that's a lot stiffer ah, than, it, than an accelerator is in a, in a regular car and then if they give you that pushback um that you get with abs when you when that kicks in i mean they already do that on the xbox with the rumble in it uh, but it's different this it, is... it made a big difference on the xbox i mean i don't it, you know i don't play them with a controller that often because i tend to use a wheel but when you do after you've played one on an xbox controller and you go back to playstation it does feel like something's missing doesn't it yeah. so maybe they maybe they can uh spin that back around on them this generation yeah it'd be interesting to see because i know um nintendo with the switch introduced their kind of like haptic feedback with that where the where the, the rumble was it's really clever it's a rumble on the switch you can really mm. tell where things are rumbling and it doesn't feel like the whole unit's moving and it can rumble in loads of different ways rather than just having one big shake mm. but um be interesting to feel how sony have worked it if only and... i knew someone who could let me play on this playstation 5 <laughs> <laughs> we'll be interesting. You're more than welcome to to come round. It's this lockdown is doing my. I'm going to say though the other thing with these um, these haptics is I hope on the PlayStation they actually do something with it because I think we've got 30 games for the Switch and hardly any of them do anything with it at all. Yeah, the, the, so, um, the what's it where you get all the cardboard bits. Yeah, uh, Labo. Um, Labo. One of them you can make a, a, a look at the turn your turn your controller into a bug, can't you? And it uses yeah. a vibration function to walk the bug along a table or something. It's quite clever. Uh, but it's the same case as what happened with the PlayStation Four. They had that mouse pad on the top of it. Mm. Hardly any games that I played made any use of it. Same with the speaker in the in the controller. Most mm. of them was pointless. Rocket League it's, used it. And I was like, it's Whoa. quite good. Going back to uh, to bug snacks, mm. the, the, those those animals are like I said, like Pokemon. They're um, 
made from food. So it's up down. It's, it's strawberries running on the leaves upside down. It's it's a burger bun with legs that are fries as a, a fryder, which is a spider made out of a McDonald's like um, ketchup cup. Sounds like you're playing um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the second one where they end up. It's like Jurassic Park and everything's all the animals are made of food. So yeah, it, it's bonkers in that respect. But when you capture these animals, they they like the burger's called a bunga. It goes bunga, 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 and it comes out of the microphone. It flips from your webs um, when your Miles Morales is coming out of the microphone. So um, maybe they'll lean more into it now, knowing what they've that they didn't previous generation. So what about films and things then? Uh, I've just gone through the, all the Mandalorian again, the first yeah. series in readiness for the second series that I think is now four or five episodes in. But this time I did it with a lad because I just watched the Man- Mandalorian on my own last time. and It's cool, isn't it? It is cool. It's good. It's incredible, it is isn't good. it? It's good, so I'm, I'm stoked for that. It's, it's basically that? a Western though, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> Even the music, even the, the music everything, key. Yeah, everything about all it. All the knobs are uh, whistly uh, Sergio Leone type music. I mean, there might be, but it's the best thing to come out of the Star Wars universe probably since the original trilogy, in my eyes. It just it's feels the most, the most interesting. Consistent. I don't know, because hmm. like, um, Rogue One and Last Jedi, I, I think are my two favourites actually over the original trilogy. I prefer them too. Um, but Mandalorian's definitely up there, but it stands alone, really, doesn't it? Yeah. So, but yeah, who else, Sullivan? No, no. Or as, that, as he's called I mean, himself in this um, chat, but Cheeseman. So, um, well, I'll tell you what I've been up to, and then we'll move to Dan, because seeing as I'm hosting it, I don't want you to get bored of my voice. I continued with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's the best game of the year, in my opinion, by a fair old margin. It is absolutely brilliant. It is The Witcher crossed with Dark Souls, crossed with the other Assassin's Creed that was good. Um, it's brilliant. Really good, easy to navigate, open world. It's never boring. You don't have to particularly do anything um, following the storyline-wise. You could just knob about doing whatever you want. The missions are varied. There's literally tons and tons of stuff to do, and it looks amazing. And it runs really, really beautifully as well. So that's the gaming bit. I saw something quite interesting about that, um, which highlighted how the series has changed. There was someone comparing you being shot by an arrow while they sat on the at a perch somewhere, and it cut into um, what was he called in the first one? Altair or uh, uh, Altair? Altair, uh, Altair been hit by a arrow, and he stumbles and falls off a building and dies with mm. one arrow, and it just the Valhalla one, they sat on this perch and they get hit by about 10 different arrows and they just sat there taking it like, yeah, whatever. And they're like, oh, it's, it's an interesting shift that they've gone from Assassin's Creed being an assassin and being hidden and being vulnerable. And that, that tension that you get with that vulnerability, that's mm. been taken out of it by the look of it. And it's more of an action game. Is that right? Mm, not really. It kind of it is and it isn't. So the way that they've dealt with the leveling on this, on the previous Assassin's Creed game, all the enemies had a number above the head. And basically you knew when you were going up to them whether you were going to kill or be killed because of the number above the head. If it was higher than yours, you were dead. And if it was yours or lower, you, you'd stand a chance. They've got rid of that now. And... um but there are some enemies that can one-shot kill you very, very easily. 
Um, and if you go into the wrong area, you, you, you'll be dead in, in a whack or two. Um, by right. the same token, though, um, you can play it just as an action game. You can go into an area and certain areas, you get overwhelmed, you get a, a horn out, blow it, and a shit ton of Vikings will pull up in a boat and just storm the place with you, and it turns into a mass brawl. So it, it, there's loads more ways to play it. So, so the assassination missions you still do those in the same way you would have done Assassin's Creed, although you don't have to. You you kind of do because that's that's the fun in assassinating yeah. someone, isn't it? Um, but when you're running around now, you, you're not like, oh, shit, I've been seen. It's just like, all right, let's have it. So, yes, there is that element to it. But fleeing is also a better option than it was in the others. So if you, you, know, if you are wandering through a forest and there's a bear that you know is absolutely going to tank you, you know, you can just run. <laughs> You just run off, um, but and then it's got it's got you know without um, giving too many spoilers away. Obviously, like uh, as the old the other Assassin's Creed had Atlantis and um, the the effectively fantasy realms brought into the game. They've done the same here with like where Odin and Thor and everyone are. So like she gets off her face Valhalla. on yeah she gets off her face on drugs and enters Valhalla and there's loads of cool mad stuff going on there that's not within the realms of the normal world. So it, it's it's good. It's really interesting. The Vikings used to take a lot of uh, a lot of weird crazy concoctions before they went into uh, attacking attacking villages and stuff and that's where yeah. one of them used to oh. um what was it? one of the famous vikings used to have something that was blue and it turned all his, his mouth blue mm. and that's where they named bluetooth after the viking well, is it? used to do it. yeah yeah, yeah. Really? Mm. maybe i'm part viking so i like to just like have loads and loads of psychedelics usually on a friday yeah <laughs> bluetooth technology I think no, they did no, a long, a long yeah, time ago. Yeah. The Vikings invented Bluetooth technology. Uh, I like to think I'm part Viking. My surname apparently is of either Indian or Norwegian um, in origin. So um, mm-hmm. being six I, foot two, three, and sixteen stone and ginger, I'm probably Indian. Is it Norwegian? Yeah. I've got I've uh, got a Viking joke if you want it. So on, this Viking turns up in England and like says to this guy, he's like. Um, has your house been burnt down? This guy's like, no. Oh, has your wife been raped? Like, no. Have your kids been murdered? Well, no. He's like, well, where the fuck are they then? <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> um, that's my Viking joke. Yeah, Viking, <laughs> Viking good. Yeah, it's brilliant. And then what have I watched? The Queen's Gambit, which for a program about chess, um, is very good. Yeah, I've been told to watch that. Yeah, mm. I've, I've heard the same. It's supposed to be very good. It's been a bit it's, of a, a shock surprise, I think. It's exceptionally good. Um, I don't know what it is about it. It's, to me, it had a similar kind of atmosphere to like Mad Men. Um, so it evoked that that same feeling that I had when I watched Mad Men. But then you've also got running through that because it's a chess game, so it's almost like a sporting thing. You've got that Rocky type, well, there's a match on, who's going to win, and tension building and all that sort of stuff. So each episode, as well as having this, you know, this really good story and this very detailed, well-realized world around that they've created around her you've also got some sort of chess match where you've got the build-up to it so you know which is almost like you know training montage then you've got her doing the match so but does he have um, rocky music 
No, but he doesn't need no, it. They're missing the tree. Um, as, as they're doing Rocky music, you could put in down yeah, like Bishop A1. And they just the the chess games are just really involving. I, I mean, I know how to play chess. I don't know if it'd be any good if you didn't know how to play chess. But uh, but yeah, that was very good. So, Daniel. Hi. Hi. Set your timer. Ha. <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> well, since we've been in lockdown, we can't really go anywhere or do much. So you'd think we've got loads of time for gaming. No. Don't know where it's gone. Don't know where time's gone, other than playing the podcast game. Um, oh, my retro pie. Obviously, I've been my retro pie, my Retroid Pocket 2. I've been faffing around with that a lot because it takes some getting going. It's not a pick up and play device. I've had to download a lot of ROMs, uh, install something called Dig, which basically is a front end for um, emulation and getting all that just so. So I can actually use it. It took a long, a lot longer than I wanted to. Um, when I were reading the reviews, it said that it said it's a time investment getting it perfect. But actually, once it is perfect, it's worth the time investment. Yeah, I but, think you don't have to touch it ever again once you've got it right. Apart from yeah. adding a couple of ROMs to it if you're missing them. So have you got it to that stage now? Just about. Yeah, I need to pick the right theme for it, and then I'm done. I think. Have you got a new graphics card yet, Mark? I haven't. I'm holding out for that 3080, but they're just not in stock. So I'm right. going to get two of them bad boys. Um, Can you get two 10, 1040s? What? <laughs> Why? Or maybe two 1540 cards. Two 2010s together. You're going on the logic that I put them together. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what do I do about the electricity bill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vice Project Doom is this episode's game. Never heard of it before it got pulled out for this game. I've also never heard of icom the developer and i've never heard of sammy that produced the game interesting so, fun fact on sammy on. they're now uh the predominantly uh amusement i'd never heard of them either really no. the predominantly amusement manufacturer but they're kind of uh, on sega as well or they've got a massive stake in sega as well so oh, they're sega right. sammy at the minute so i right. think all those pachinko machines and all the software I'd heard of them because they were originally one of the three first people licensed to make Space Invaders. Tato no. and Taito couldn't fulfill them all, so they licensed it to other people. And my cabinet downstairs in my conservatory is, is uh, Sammy Corporation. Um, my God. Yeah. From the oh 70s. God. So that's who it was. Um so type of game like uh, Ninja Gaiden and Contra, um, Dan's Fave, Shatterhand, but there's a couple of little twists in Vice that those others don't have. Because um, in the 11 stages, a couple of them are top drown diving, driving stages, which are like a shoot 'em up spy hunter type thing. Um, and then there's some uh, where it drops back and it's like Operation Wolf. So it is like playing... Um, an 80s action film, and then it's interspersed with cool little cutscenes, a bit like, well, Ninja Gaiden, actually. So, uh, story background. The background's in the notes. Um, I've got no idea what we're going off. 
Oh, I'll tell you what. No, I haven't either. I, I forgot to mention the the date. It was November the 15th, 1992 in the US, and we didn't get a release. No, pal, no really? European or pal. Which is but really weird. We do weird. now. We've got it now because it's, it's on Android, Nintendo it? Switch Online. Yeah, it's, it's on, on Android Online. as well. It's on Google Play Store. Is, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Wow. So yes, it is. It's maybe making a bit of a comeback. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you with this storyline. It were a bit like uh, Michael Mann's Miami Vice reboot movie, where there seemed to be a lot going on, but I never really knew what were going on. Um, so here's what it says. Bumfires. Alien survivors landed on Earth several centuries ago, and in order to survive, they produced a neon green gel to provide nourishment. Centuries passed, and BEDA Corporation was established to manufacture tech and electronics, but was actually a front for the alien race, where they produced the gel for some of the world's wealthiest substance abusers. However, the side effects proved to be lethal for human users. Enter Vice Officer Quinn Hart, who is in investigating the source of the green gel during the investigation his partner disappears feared dead now he must go alone to uncover the behind it is that what is it's that true. you is that you or is that the book and you've was, you've proofread these notes man no i no, i know my, my proofread is glancing over and making sure i'm aware of what's going on um so basically, forget the notes now. We don't need these. Um, the gameplay is it starts off with a car chase, spy hunter type level with a boss fight at the end. There's effectively the boss fight is just like a vertically scrolling shoot 'em up fight. Um, then it moves into the contrary type uh, thing, and there's a couple of boss fights going on there. Switches to an Operation Wolfie type thing. Most of the time, you're using a, a sword like type item but you can pick up grenades and bullets as well it's supposed to be a, a laser whip is it <laughs> right it yeah. looks like it looks like they just didn't want to rip strider off completely so they just went a bit of the way there done it so it's just yeah. kind of yeah it didn't want to um, didn't want to be a lightsaber either did it no and the, no. all the levels are full of um full of power-ups and coins. There's plenty to collect. There's plenty going on. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, so I, I had no idea what was going on storyline-wise. All of that is a surprise to me that I just read out. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to leave it there because there's loads to talk about with this game, but we should probably talk about it while we're scoring it rather than ruining it now. So why do we... in a nutshell. That is, that it, in is it in a nutshell, but there how is many, a lot. How many levels were there? 11. 11 yeah. levels of various difficulty, various bad guys. Various I did get past five. Stuff. I got to level five and something, I'll come on to it, something happened and I told it to fuck off. Oh, really? <laughs> playing it, yeah. All right, well, let's come back to it then. Um, so, yeah, before we dive into our final thoughts, um, let's pass over to Mr. Sullivan Gill and find out what was going on in the UK in the realms of music, films, and, of course, games on 15th of November, 1991. So, thanks, Mark. November the 15th, 1991. Which I believe was um, the US release I went with. Could have gone with April the 26th in Japan for no other reason that I didn't particularly care which one we had. So, what you thought you'd do is get it closer to Christmas, seeing as we've not had that many. 
that are released near Christmas. <laughs> yes. yes, there is that. So, holding on to the UK number one uh, position this week was Dizzy with Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff. I heard a spinning, which was a cover of the Tommy Rowe classic from 1969, which also reached number one back then. It's not about the Oliver Twins egg. That's no. a shame. <laughs> that would have been a nice gaming link. It would. How upsetting must it have been for Wonder Stuff for the biggest hit to have been not theirs? A collaboration, um, yeah. Yeah. At number two, were, which Dizzy shoved down to number two, shoved it right down, sat on its head and pushed it down, was The Fly from U2. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with the gold No. No, that cool. This is quite, if you think about it, I can remember this being announced as number one because back on a Sunday, you had nothing else to do other than sit on your computer and listen to charts. And I can remember straight in at number one, Bruno Brooks or whatever, you two with the fly, and it sounded crap. <laughs> and you could argue it still does. However, yeah, it does. In, fairness to, in fairness to them, it's. I think it's got quite a, I think now looking back on it, it's got quite a groovy shuffle. And if you think back to what they were doing before this, with your rattle and hum, bloody Joshua Tree, cowboy hat wearing stuff, it was certainly, they had the nouns to shift it up and change tack. And then this is where they brought, which they've subsequently lost, this is where they've brought irony into their uh, shows, into their shtick. Messing around with culture, being self-referential, taking the piss a bit, and then they've come back out. It's come back out of the other end of that, and then they're all serious knobheads again. Um, I think, as a musician myself, and somebody who has written music and performed music for a long time, I can safely say that they're just fucking shit. Anyone who likes them is a fucking moron. They're just, there is no word. Any band that got a song into the charts where the lyrics are a mole, digging up a hole, <laughs> digging in my soul, now going down excavation, just shows you how devoid of ideas they are. You've oh, got I think fucking, out by that you've point. Got, you've got a guy called The Edge on guitar. I've seen more Edge on a football. They're absolute <laughs> shite, honestly. And then can you imagine them being... I don't know if I've said this before, but we remember taking piss out of them in a band and going, Bono and The Edge. Can you imagine, right, rocking up at players at 16 years old in a band? They go, what's your name? She ate her. Okay, then. <laughs> I'm Bono Vox. <laughs> yeah. this is what's your name? Mate. I know. Well, who's your guitarist? The Edge. You'd be like, you'd have kicked the fuck out of them. So, A, they think they're good. B, they're not good. C, they're not good. D, they're not good. E, a while. Good. You could, well, you're going to stop at you, aren't you? <laughs> Well, you, hey, all right, two, all right. They're not good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, go uh, on. Number eight, care class. Rhythm is a mystery. I can't control. I wish you could see soul dancing. Then it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, care class. Rhythm is a mystery. Straight out of Manchester. We'll have that. Mm, we're good. That it were really good. I don't think rhythm is a mystery. Or is it? It's a dancer. I don't know. It depends what the time signature is. <laughs> Correct. <yeah. laughs> if it's like 7.12. <laughs> what about the LPs, the long players? The, the platters that matter. 
<laughs> the number one album, which we might have covered in previous podcasts, was Queen. <laughs> Greatest hits two. Oh, right. Which, okay. We, we've which, definitely had Queen. We have. Yeah, but the so beauty of Greatest Hits is that we've got lots of tracks to go at. Mm. <laughs> so this was their, um, you could argue their, yeah. I think I called it their imperial phrase, uh, imperial f- phase previously. But Small it it might be their NAFA. Um, no, I think this is the better stuff. Okay. This but is it's a kind of manic and in, innuendo and uh, I think can, all that. We can kind divide. Of... Well, yeah, this is so. So from this, we've got I Want to Break Free on it, where you would you get a funny, funny, fuzzy tingle feelings about Rod, Roger Taylor in a dress? A bit, bit. Yeah, uh, right. You've got Breakthrough, where they're singing on a train. Yeah. And then you've got I'm the Invisible Man. Incredible how you can see right through me. Where the video is a guy playing on his Commodore 64 or Amsterdam or something, and it's like little computer people, and he's shooting them, and then Freddy comes out of the computer and dances around his bedroom. <laughs> and, and he's trying to shoot him with his Kempston joystick. Yet, like, he's got these crazy 80s glasses on. It's, it's a very... Un- if, if Freddie Mercury jumped out of my wardrobe, I'd have been a bit unnerved. But, yeah, I think you can split Queen up into two phases, can't you? The, the rock phase, and then punk came along and basically demanded that all that was shit, and they pivoted to disco and, and different musical genres, which is the second. Yeah, queen. I thought that and one was more interesting. Like, after after Live Aid, basically. After after, after, Live, after Live Aid, I thought it got a bit more interesting. <laughs> Come on, yeah, then. You what just, else you just peek the mic then with a deal. <laughs> Number four was the Commitments original soundtrack. Ooh, yeah. Which everybody really remembers for that Mustang Roy, Sally. Sally Royd. Yeah. <laughs> Mustang Sally! And that's Alan Parker's second best film. What's his first? Bugs and Malone. Who's oh, back? yeah. Oh, okay. He's the guy that made Bugs and Malone and commitment. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, did, did he do with Vita as well? He might have done. Oh, God, did he? Well, I don't he mean literally it. do with Vita. Yeah. <laughs> or Madonna. I think everyone's done it. Yeah. And at number nine was Diamonds and Pearls from that small diminutive princey block, <sighs> which featured... Get off! Twenty-one positions in a one-night stand. <laughs> Let a woman be a woman and a man be a man. Get off! I think I don't know. I was looking at the release times for Prince albums, and he didn't really have much of a dormant period. He chucked music out all the time, whether you liked him or not. Quite a big thing, and obviously he's talking about sexual positions and get off and stuff. And my dad. It was on MTV and my dad went, what's this shit? <laughs> and I think his, that's his opinion of pop music from about 1991 till round about now, I think. Which is very, it's, it's rich of him to go, what's this shit? Put country music television back on. <laughs> maybe I'm getting confused. Maybe it, was, maybe it was sexy MF, as he called it. I, again, here, I think that was probably Prince's best stuff all around that. Um, point in time but I wonder if it's because you think the best stuff is the stuff that you were among do you know what I mean yeah well, I I think is it Money Don't Matter is that on this album as well I don't Money know don't but that's also a good song and uh, a no, new girl named Mickey oh that's older that one but yeah it's these sort of things isn't it? but that's your albums anyway Cox Sparrows cool what, what about at- the films 
You're going to have to help me out on this on these what ones. We, what were we watching at the ABC in Wakey? Number one <laughs> was What About Bob, directed by Frank Cars and starring Bill Murray. I've, I've never, never seen, seen it. I've never no. seen this either. I'm not sure. I we think fucking it might... know you want, Dan. You've never seen it. It might. It might be regarded as a flop if I think correctly, which is why none of us has probably seen it. Well, maybe I'm just gonna. I'm gonna have a little IMDb of it and just see see what's to be seen and known about it. What else not, were there? Not many Bill Murray films are flops, though, are they? This is the thing. He's not usually in rubbish, is he? Garfield. Uh, it's quite quite picky about yeah. what he's in. Garfield's shit. Oh, no, what about Bob? It's got a seven on IMDb here. A, a successful psychotherapist loses his mind after one of his most de dependent patients, an obsessive compulsive neurotic, tracks him down during a family vacation. That sounds brilliant. Well, there you go. All right. I'm, that'll give me something to watch then, won't it? At number five, City Slickers which is a fish-out-of-water comedy starring three or four guys who go on a horse who've got to find themselves, and Jack Palance gets aggro with them. It's good as City Slickers, though, isn't it? It's funny. I, I don't like think I've ever seen it. Crystals in. Have you not? It's I good. think I've seen that. What is that? It's it's like um it's like you say they are city guys that are going on some team-building crap, aren't they? Mm. Um, it's, it's good. The, his wife says, just go. Have a holiday. Go with your friends. Well, that's how you know it's fake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nowadays, why don't you just stay in and play PlayStation? Hey, Number man. eight. Boys, mm, the hood. Now, I'm looking at your apostrophes there. So it's called boys and the hood, not boys in the hood. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I've never yeah. analysed it before. That's from the official trailer from YouTube, copy-pasta. Maybe it is Boys Under the Hood. Right, it could be the Boys Under Their Hood. I remember borrowing this on VHS, and um, I was about 10. I think I was about... Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think I was about 10, and... Uh, it's not suitable mom, for a 10-year-old. Mom watching it, yeah. She wasn't very <laughs> impressed. Uh, so I've watched bits of it. I think I've got to a rude bit with lots of swearing and shouting, and maybe even some... Um, that's all of it. Frontal nudity and penetration, who knows? I never saw the end of it. It's not boys in the hood rat. It's <laughs> boys in the hood. It's not a porno. Well, Jeez. I don't know that. It was snatched yeah, from it. At 10. You've got no barometer, have you? No. Anyway. Yes. Blip, 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 blip. Games. Okay, what go were we on. playing? Yeah. <laughs> Back in the 15th of November, 1991, CMV G. Issue 121 was on the shelves in Woolworths. Woolworths. The CMVG <laughs> hits this month were Mercs on the Mega Drive, scoring yeah. 92, which is a follow-up to Commando, which is a three-player Commando. They've got it in Arcade Club. Uh, I don't like it. Why? What's well, not to like? Have I played Mercs? I don't I'm like sure it. I've played Mercs, but it's you not really You will have done. The it's done, commando, I think it's but good. not as frantic, and you can get in jeeps, so it does improve. Oh, it sounds better. Yeah, jeeps are making things good. It just it it just seems a bit too easy and a bit too, too flappy. Flappy, flappy, flappy. Yeah, just a bit too. <sighs> just it's quite boring. <laughs> it's almost too easy. Okay, that's what I'm saying. 
But Tim Boone of CMVG said, buy it, turn the lights down low. I've been trying, baby. Turn the lights down low. Turn your bedroom into an arcade. Because that's how good it is. Is it a good part then? Is that what he's telling us? That's what he's saying. But we all thought that back in the day. Apart yeah. from Outrun. Golden Axe 2 on the Mega Drive scored 78. The, I've the never played Golden Axe 2. Revenge of Death Adder, I think is Something its sub, along, subtitle, yeah. isn't it? But I don't think I've ever played it. it. I don't think it needed a sequel, did it? No. Really? I'm not a big fan of the first one, to be honest. Yeah, I never I really saw the first one. The only appealing thing about the first one was when it came out on the Mega Drive, it made, it, you did feel like you were at the arcade. That were it, really. It is a, that is a very good part, isn't it? But I think yeah. it's, it falls into the same trap as every go-right-have-a-fight game. It's fun for like 10 minutes, so you're like, well, I've done, like done that now. Yeah. yeah. Like Mercs. No, it's not. That's go-up-have-a-fight. Well, Paul, Paul Rand, Randy Paul... Of CNVG uh, said, Golden Axe 2 isn't a bad game, but there isn't enough variety to keep long term Golden Axe owners interested in the long term. Mm-hmm. So I think he's saying more of twice. Probably, I don't know. You can't copy and paste from a magazine scan. So I've probably put long term in twice. So <laughs> let's dwell on that, shall we? Okay. <laughs> uh, Devil Crash <laughs> on the Mega Drive scored 93. <laughs> Never Julian heard of it. Rignall said it's simply the finest pinball game yet seen. So I've got this for the PC Engine. You, I was going to say, have you got this? This is one I played. Yes, it's, it is really good. It is this good. When pinball games, because you had Alien Crash as well. Uh, and one of my all-time favourites being Revenge of the Gator on the Game Boy. But this this is when pinball games, you had pinball dreams on the Amiga. Pinball games just around this era just were really good, weren't they? Yeah, Crewball, I remember borrowing that from... Crewball, yeah, based on Motley Crue songs. Yeah, it was good. Mega Drive. But, yeah. um, the, I mean, looking... But back then, you were probably like, wow, brilliant. These are like playing pinball games. And I don't know what point people decided video pinballs are shite, but that that's correct. Cause, Do you think? Because yeah, I, I think they're, they're all right. Nah. They've got a place. They can't, they, certainly, they can't be as good as a proper pinball. Nothing can, can be as good as a proper pinball. Even these virtual pinballs that people are making nowadays, big, no, full-sized. I think when they but, embrace that it's not proper pinball... Yes. And, and make something crazy out make of it. Make it a game. Really yeah. See, I like Sonic Spinball for that. That was well, there you go. something more than just a pinball. But the, um, the you can't replace the proper physical physicality no. of, of a pinball and no, the no. randomness. But um, unless you've got... You can't unless find you've a got, by three space. Uh, unless you've got between two and £5,000, then yeah. it's certainly a cheaper alternative. Finally... In the review section, the CMVG hits Civilization on the PC scoring 91. Now, I've never, ever, ever played a Civilization. Really? Um, I spent hours on Civ 2. Someone donated me some PC games when, when I was younger, and I spent hours and hours and hours on Civ 2. Then I bought Civ 3 because I enjoyed 2 so much, and it changed so much about it. I didn't like it. I never went back to another Civ game. No but way. I really, I really liked it, yeah. Can you explain it to me? Civilization, yes. Um, so essentially, it's uh, you remember Megalomania? 
populous these kind of things so yeah. you effectively you create you start off you choose the civilization you're going to start off with so you can say okay i'm going to be the romans or i'm going to be the mongols or i'm going to be um you know what that I, nowadays. That's, yeah. get <laughs> so you, you pick your civilization and then you start off and you do like any of these things oh i'm going to invest in technology or oh, i'm going to invest in um ecology or i'm going to invest in this that and the other and you're either going to grow peacefully or you're going to grow aggressively and obviously the idea is to take over the world or just hold your own so you've got different objectives for different things uh, but it's a really 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 nice non-stressful game good way to is kill it, a few right? hours okay. there was quite a famous um, bug with civ i want to say two or three where if you didn't agreed to do something with Gandhi, if you didn't go into a, a trade treaty with him, uh, the, the, the cocked up the, um, not anger, what's like vicious, what's it called? Aggressive. The cocked me, bro. I've not played it. a negative number and Gandhi right. would always just <laughs> attack you and attack you and just wipe your population out. It's funny. Well, according to <laughs> Tim Boone, if you've got a bit of a brain, and you're looking for a long-term challenge, buy this and get lost in a world of your own making. Top-down real-time strategy games. I just I can't get I can't get with only because I'm shit at them. Um Civilization is probably the most accessible one. If you're gonna give one of them a go, give that a go. Okay. Charts time. What's in the charts? Well, at number one in the uh, multi-format charts was Terminator 2 by Ocean. The blurb that CMVG were giving it this um, this edition looks like the big bloke with the shades and the Harley Davidson is there to stay. T2 is the number one and kicks ass. T2 looks completely unshakable. And next month, it could be Hasta La Vista, baby, for Big Arnie. Stay safe, folks. So they're basically saying that Terminator 2 is at number one, which we've just noticed by actually reading the charts. So some in-depth <laughs> analysis there from the staff at CNVG. But quickly, just going over these. Final fight at number two there from US Gold. New entry. Man United Europe at number three. Uh, Magic Pockets. There's not a great that's deal it. on here, is there? That's that, the uh... Bitmap Brothers, isn't it, Magic Pockets? Jimmy White Snooker, and let's have a look for anything particularly important there. The well-known, well-regarded, in at number 19, Robin Smith Cricket. I'm not a big cricket fan, but I know a bit about it, but I've never heard of Robin Smith. Robert Smith! Not Robert Smith, Robin oh. Smith. Well, that's your charts. And over in the arcade action, you had T2, Terminator 2 which uh, scored 77, which is the Operation Wolf type shooty-shooty game. That were pretty, though, wasn't it, when it, it came pretty, out? It was pretty, but it was pretty average mark. <laughs> yeah. to Julian, Julian Jazz, Jazz, Julian Jazz, 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 Rignall. Uh, on the one hand, he was completely blown away by the incredible graphics and stunning sound like yourself there, Mark. But on the other hand... He was very disappointed to find all the programs could do with one of the biggest film tie-ins of all time and some of the most amazing arcade graphics technology yet seen was to come up with yet another Operation Wolf-style game. Yeah. I kind of get it, though. You know, if you're going to make a game to smash well, in an arcade... Of credits yeah. just to see the graphics, but don't expect it to keep you entertained for too long. Yeah. I don't like it. In no, fact, it's, it's an arcade club. It's I don't think I've ever played it in all my times that I've been. I went to play it and it was off. And then the next time I went, oh, oh it's on. And walked past it. 
<laughs> nice. So what about the news, Dan? Did you find anything interesting out? Quick, to the news desk. November the 14th, Michael Jackson's Black or White video premieres on Fox TV. We discussed this a couple of episodes ago, didn't we? But he gets mm, yeah. all very horny in the in the alley. November the 17th, first TV condom ad aired in the US. <laughs> on really? Fox TV, yeah. November the 17th, 1991. Hey, guys, oh, why not avoid sexual diseases and pregnancies? No wonder so many people got AIDS. <laughs> November the 18th, France deports Marlon's daughter, Cheyenne Brando, to Tahiti. Now, I didn't know Marlon Brando had a daughter called Cheyenne, so I mm. looked into a um, short life. She eventually hanged herself after she was only 23 but she she got into drug abuse she then became a model then she was in a car accident which disfigured her she had to have lots of reconstructive surgery then her boyfriend at the time was shot by her half brother um and then she accused her dad of molesting her and she was only 23 but all all this stuff had happened to her uh and then she decided to hang herself Short, well, fit a line. Uplifting <laughs> story. November the 18th, Muslim Shiite, really, Muslim Shiites release hostages Terry Waite and Thomas Sutherland. Do you remember that being a big thing? I do. Yeah, being, I do. Being hostages. Yeah. Nothing's changed, yeah. is it? Still they did acting. make him wait as well, didn't they? <laughs> November the 23rd, Freddie Mercury, 45, confirms he has AIDS the day before he dies. Right, decorating this house. I pulled some carpets up and I've got some old copies of The Sun underneath the carpet. And they actually talk about Freddie Mercury, how he doesn't look well. And this is how much journalism has changed. I'm paraphrasing, but I'll get the exact phrase correct. We've approached Freddie Mercury about his reports that he, that he has the, and I quote directly, gay plague. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it shows you what they like, doesn't it? That's that's John Pigface over at the Sun. You'll like this. You probably remember it from 1991, November the 27th. Undertaker beats Hulk Hogan to become the new WWF champ. Yes. Mm. Yep. Yeah. We had Sky because we had a pub, and they got put in for sports. And I used to watch WWF as it was then, obsessively. It's a load of bullshit. It's a load of nonsense. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But yeah, but it's fun. drama. Yeah. So, as a, um, around that time as well, when the Ultimate Warrior got put in Undertaker's coffin and he, and he nearly died, he's trying to claw himself out of the coffin. But as a as like a 13, 14-year-old who's, who's passionately convincing his dad it is real and not remotely made up whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but now I look at it and I just think, my God. But that's who it's for, isn't it? It's for 12, 13-year-old yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah, and fully grown American men. Sit down and strap in. His facts are like a slap. It's coming at you so, so fast. It's Dan's fun fact. As is commonplace with any ported games, the artwork on the different regions' boxes are different. 
So if you look at the US version, you've got what looks like Mel Gibson, maybe, Patrick Swayze, maybe. Kurt Russell, possibly. Kurt Russell, yeah. They've all got that 80s sweat back mullet. Yeah, big, big hair going on. Um, whereas the Japanese release, I can't remember the name of it now. Gundak. Gundak has what is quite clearly John McClane from um, Die Hard with his... Welcome to the party, pal! This kind of furrowed brow, reaching around a corner out with his gun out, and it's a much cooler uh, box art. But it's interesting they've gone for eighties because the game clearly riffs on eighties action movies. And it's interesting that they decided to go for different ones. Fun maybe fact: the, maybe the Japanese preferred uh, Die Hard to Escape from LA. Who knows? Oh yeah, I'm looking at them now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. So there you go. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's dig a bit deeper. Let's go go a bit further down the vice unpick it. Unpick rabbit the vice. hole. Yeah, loosen um, the vice and get into Project Doom. So, Deep in short, Doom. in short, it were really it's really good, isn't it? Mm. I mean, I thought it was. Yeah. I've enjoyed it very much, so I'm a bit disappointed that if I quick scan of the reviews, people thought it was average. What? Now, like sixes and sevens? Okay, technically average is five. But Maybe they didn't have to wade through all the shite that we've had to wade through to find. <laughs> yeah, so if you're assessing a catalogue of uh, Famicom and NES games like we have, it's a shining beacon of uh, platforming joy. Uh, but it is a shining beacon of platforming joy. Um, is it? I mean, yeah, I think I thought I think, I think it's, it's good. Like, it's, I mean, it's manic. There's one yeah. mechanic that uh, we can all agree on that's not good the knockback. Oh, that's really annoying, uh, yeah, which is prevalent in Ghosts and Goblins, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, particularly, it's particularly annoying in this because in so Ghosts and Goblins, era. you can't you can't fall through the floor, but in this, you can very easily a lot. Yep. So, yep. And that's where I got to on level five in the in South America, jumping from platform to platform, and birds kept coming at me, and fish were jumping out of the water, shooting things at me, and I yeah. kept getting knocked off the platform time and time again. Must have been. I must have spent an hour or two on, on level five, and I thought, right, fuck you. And, and I went back to it. And but I'd it. seen all there was by level five. I'd seen enough of the game to understand what was going on. There's enough variety of very similar stages to, this similar, to be good. The similar, the similar but... in concept, but they're very, very different in design, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And, yep. I th- and I think as well, this is probably the best-looking game that we've reviewed the whole time. Immediately thrown into action, aren't you? Immediately yeah. you're on the front foot, you're thrown into your car, top down, spy on the style, super fast. Oh, yeah, and gotta say, it's not fucking around either. It is like lightning <laughs> pace, <laughs> shit <laughs> flying at you left, right, and center. It's like, it's like it goes, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're bringing this to you. Action. Yeah. yeah. And it's upon shooting down that end of level boss that he discovers that, like, some kind of alien technology in that van. And then it turns into a side-scroller, which it seems that I think the, the early stages are it's got dogs and uh, what look like bad guys from um, Big Trouble in Little China. Chi- yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I assume he's working his way through Chinatown in some city. And then he works his way into the laboratory. And at the end of each one of these stages or a few of the stages, you get a big boss 
that is quite difficult to work out the attack patterns, but once you crack it, they're really, really good bosses. Yeah, they're exactly really what they good. should be, which is the, how they seem impossible, but they're actually quite simple. That is a yeah. perfect example of a good boss. And the last boss is really, really difficult, really tricky. I think there's a couple of ways to do it. Um, I think I took the easier route, but the graphics, Charlie, if I dropped on the stream as I was playing it, and he went, this looks, the graphics are amazing for the technology, at least. I yeah. think, obviously, coming back at the end, like, 91, I think they'd nailed it. And it is, it could almost be... Uh, an early SNES game. Mm -hmm. It, it yeah, looks like yeah, yeah. yeah, Music's music's jazzy. Music's the only thing sort of that holds it back from being a SNES game is it is a little bit flickery, twitchy. But I didn't know if that was the the no, ROM that's, that's, that I was using. That is how it is. That's when being pushed, isn't it? Yeah, and then the obviously the other thing as well is like a few of these games that we've dealt with. It's a victim of the limitations of the controller of the NES. So the switching of the weapons is cumbersome because you've not got enough buttons just to have one for shoot and one for whack and one for grenade, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, same with like <laughs> hitting the ladders and climbing the ladders. It all feels just a little bit, a little bit clunky, but th these I don't think are things I could mark it down for because the, the limitations of what, they're able to do and i think with what they were able to do they're able to do it i'll tell you what though it's busy in it very busy it's fucking it's, like literally it's like a full-on throwing shit in your face constant i don't even know why that time is there because you, you stand still you're dead down. no you're fucking dead anyway <laughs> so it's got no idea unless it's just there for replayability you're know, getting the bonus points for finishing the level quicker or whatever uh, but there's no way that you're going to run out of time because you'll die first no what so, i would say is never ending continues laid down that's I, that's I disagree. that's why i, I could disagree. finish it because if all you needed was one long afternoon with enough perseverance, and once you get past those, it's got a couple of sticky sections which are very precise platforming and dealing with, I think, birds. And then a little bit later on, there's some kind of alien monsters where every time you get hit, you're knocked, you're knocked back, and mm. you fall to your death. So if you if you're quick to anger and quick to throw things, you'll turn it off at that point. But I'm a persistent twat, so I'll just sit there and just keep. You are not beating me. You are not beating me, and you can you can box it off in in a, in a day. Back in the day, you'd have had to leave your nez on forever because there's no there's no codes, there's no uh, well, no this points, is there's no saves. This is what Obviously, I think when I... when you're using an emulator, you can just pick it back up where you left it off. Well, you see, I didn't because I was streaming it online rather than using my sense. So I wasn't using save states. So when I was diving in and out of this, I was playing it more like it was probably originally intended to be played. So um, I got probably as far as Dan did, but I didn't bin it off. I definitely didn't finish it, but I will do because I thought it was quite good. If, um, if you've got, yeah, if you, that's the only, and once you have finished it off, then there's no incentive to go back to it. Well, unless, unless you want to speed run previous, it. I'm going to say, unless previously touched on, like, you want to get the highest score, and maybe that is why the timer potentially exists. Although, There's why an call idea. It yeah. Speed run it. Speed run Vice Project Doom. 
it's a speed run anyway. You can't. You literally cannot stop. It is. It it does not give you a chance to catch your breath really at any point this game. And if you do catch your breath, you're probably stood on a crack platform that's just fucking disappeared underneath you. Even when you're chopping them vines down, they grow back like them things in Salamander. Yeah. It's yeah, like literally, it, yeah. it looks like everything is just fucking there to kill you. It's like, just give me a minute. <laughs> what, what I did like, though, I don't know if you spotted this kind of little um, uh, hack, if you like, where uh, probably midpoint of each stage or maybe towards the end, one of them always dropped a big chunk of meat that topped up nearly half your energy or more. They can farm it, can't you? Yeah, if you go back left and then go back right again, the, the guy will come back and you can kill him um, again and get the same big chunk of meat and top your energy back up. I'm going to say, this is I, I didn't farm it, should have done, but yeah, everything just keeps respawning. Everything constantly just keeps respawning. Which can be annoying when you want to get a run-up if you've got a yeah. jump and you're like, well, I'm too close to the edge, I don't want to risk it. I'll go back a bit and then make a run-up. And, and then, then that enemy turns up and yeah. yeah. So there was there was for me some little nuances that annoyed me. I think the thing that lets it down for me is partly what's good about it. I like the variety of it. I like how it's it's Spy Hunter and then it's Ninja Gaiden and then it's Operation Wolf. But it's not as good as either of those three games are doing what it's doing. Yeah, it doesn't commit fully. Yeah, there's not yeah, enough of those levels for, for my mind to mark it down. They're, they're quite yes. throwaway. And I'm not a big fan of Operation Wolf anyway. Oh. The Operation Wolf shit, could have, they could have left that out. But the Spy Hunter thing they'd implemented quite well. They could have done more with it. Yeah, it's um, it's the jack of all trades, but it doesn't seem to master any of them. And I think that lets it down for a bit for me. I think if they're concentrated more on the the Ninja Gaiden type bit, the, the side-scrolling bit, mm. stuff like and little design things that I did question, like the gun why does the gun only stick gun? It goes about a foot in front of you. <laughs> okay. I never used it. I never used the gun. Don't need it. Pointless. Yeah, there's a nice balance though. That you've either got you've either got your laser whip for close combat, your gun for medium combat, or your grenade for far away combat. No, oh, oh, your grenade for you can still use up close on them bosses, can't you? Until I got yeah. to the point where it, it fucked me off enough for me to turn it off and never revisit it, I didn't have a problem with any of the enemies in terms of being close enough or far enough for them if you timed everything that was coming at you just right with that laser whip you didn't need yeah you did it even yeah. if it were going above you yeah. the only ones that were paying were the ones who come at you with a gun and your bullets didn't reach as far as theirs did so we're yeah. like, well, and their me. bullets are like big round fucking things that that take about yeah. the size I, of your character's head and your I, bullets. I did like that you could crouch and move at the same time. You could do yeah. a that was a nice touch, that wasn't was it? So you that. never felt like you were slowed down. Yeah. So even when you were crouch running, all he did is just kind of duck and carry it on at the exact same pace, didn't he? Carry on forward. Yeah. You need that for the end of level bad guy, the, the final boss before uh, he then mutates into some kind of big robot thing, which is solid. But he's. So, and again, it might be a clone of you. I'm not sure. I'm, no, I got confused by the story. But he, he shoots at you the same height, same, he jumps across the screen, comes at you, same missile, same length, so you can't get near him without being shot yourself. So you have to kind of go under his bullets. But if you duck to go under his bullets, he'll duck and shoot. So you've got to make those, those decisions at last minute. Mm. Really good, really good bosses on this. Yeah, I, th- I thought it were, it were all pretty good. I think... I, I, I can't see why people would really knock this game, particularly. So, so where are you going to go? Are you going to fall on a number? 
I, I think I'm gonna hit. I think it's gonna hit a nine again. This for me. Really? Um, yeah. Um, nine. Because. Wow. Because the thing is, what I've got to look at is the the enjoyment factor of actually playing it, balanced off with the game itself. So, is it as good a what? game as? Is it as good a game as? Enjoy these things. Yeah, I know, and you'll but grade like, it as such. But uh, but. It, it, you know, no, it wasn't as good as Euphoria, which I also gave a nine. No, it wasn't as good as Nuts and Milk, which I also gave a nine. But this one was more fun than those two, I felt. So the others were good games, but this one just, there was a, it had a different kind of energy to it. And it didn't have an, an energy to it like anything else that we've reviewed throughout the whole thing. And we're nearly at the end of the alphabet now. And the the two games that I've actually had the most fun playing were this and that uh, boat one. Ah, uh, eliminate a boat, Joel. Yeah, those those are the two that stand out to me as actually I enjoyed. I didn't didn't play them because I had to because I had to review them. I played them because I actually enjoyed playing them. I I if I'd have not hit that block, if I'd have not mm. hit that stumbling block, I probably would have continued and carried on and I got maybe I might have finished it. Who knows? But it just wound me up so much I was like God it's making my <laughs> shit itch I'm going to have to throw this away now and and I never actually came back to it but I was enjoying it up until that point which is a yeah, shit that itself down for me so what do you think then what's your final verdict I, I've got a, I've got a I started off going well in high scores because the graphics are fantastic. Um, the varying Ooh. sections of the game are good. We haven't mentioned the the sounds a bit annoying, isn't it? Yeah, the music. The the music's it's not great. It's it's just there, mm. isn't it? It's it's forgettable. Yeah. It's not annoying, but it's 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 not like a funny high pitched high pitched noise that runs through it. Some yeah. points. It is a bit annoying. Yeah. So I, I like the look of it. I like the the way it played to begin with. It felt fresh. It felt quick, but that knockback effect, the mediocre sound, the half-assed of all the, the different sections, I can't realistically, in my mind, give it any more than a seven. Right, okay. And what about you then, Eskil? agree with everything you've said. I'm putting all that together, but throwing in the unnecessary unlimited continues, give you three or four, I'd say. So every time you're playing it, you're getting a little bit better and you should be able to progress, but unlimited just meant I could sit over the course of a day and box it off with enough persistence. Thing is, you can do that with any game that's got level codes or anything. You could. Yeah, that's what I said. Don't give it level codes. Yeah, just, just continues. Because yeah, it's not continues. It's not too hard, is it? No, it's not. Like I say, if you've got long enough to to practice yeah. at it. Or just... say, the problem is though, if you think about it that way, so. I mean, what's it take to, to finish this, even if you're really, really good at it, an hour? So by the time you get good at it, potentially every time, imagine when you get to the last boss, let's say. Oh. <laughs> Until you, you the last boss. You don't have an hour to go through again to get to him. Yeah. That's, that's the, the final problem. That last boss, because he's so difficult, you lose couple, two or three of your lives. I think you might have mm. four one or two, whatever. You lose nearly all your lives getting to him. And then you've you've barely got a chance to work out his attack pattern. I think you take, you take three hits from him and, and you're out. So that is one annoying thing that it takes. It, you continue, puts you right back at the start of the level. So let's say 11-1 as opposed to 11-3 that you just died at. But once you've cracked the pattern, 
you're straight in and, and you're away. So for me, eight, I'd give it. Seven's a bit weak sauce. Nine's too much. Splitting us right down the middle. Yeah. So let's have a look at where that puts it in our uh, chart then. Hang on. Yeah, maybe maybe that stumbling block I hit has tainted my view of the game as a whole. Oh, I'm sick. I'm sticking with my seven. You need to stop rating games down just because you shit. <laughs> right, let's have a look yeah. at these scores. <laughs> um, so it gets the same score in that case as Marble Madness. Mm. Yeah, about right. I'd say. I do think that uh, there's. It's telling that it's been brought back to Nintendo Switch Online. It must be, it must have enough of a good reputation for Nintendo to go. Tell you what, here's one you might have missed. Play that. Yeah, it, I mean, it, I, I think, I think it's the exact type of game that that should happen to. Yeah. So know, the next so. time someone goes, oh, remember Marble Madness? What you've got to say to them is, that's a load of balls. Get on Vice, hey, put it See what he did there. Technically correct. <laughs> um, so the V's that we could have had. And uh, we're volleyball. What's that? It's an absolute terrible implementation of volleyball. <laughs> it's on the Switch NES thing. A shout out to Jonathan Clayton, actually, who uh, very gamely did a 24-hour retro gaming marathon on YouTube this past weekend where they sat in a chair for 24 hours playing uh, a lot of the Switch NES games and SNES games. But at one point, I said, have a go at volleyball. <laughs> and they also agreed that it was absolute dog shit. It's awful. Right. It's awful. Um, I've never played it. And then the, the other two are Vegas Dream and Vindicators. Now, I've heard yeah, of Vindicators. As you can tell, once you get this far down the alphabet, your, your games are limited. So Vegas Dreams is a, is a gambling simulator where you go to Vegas. All right, play, okay, like play. so it's got like casino and blackjack and all yeah, that just, kind of yeah. roulette and that kind of shit in it. Yeah, it's probably it's probably all right that then. And Vindicators, you will remember it as a Tengen release mm. from Atari in the arcades, and it's a top-down tank game. Uh, where you're going through mazes, so it's of that. I always get this wrong. Is it System Two? APB, Roadrunner. All right, that's good, me. Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. It's those kind of graphics. It reminds me of um, if you were to make, if you were in the 80s to make a video game of Robot Wars, but with guns. Because remember what Robot Wars used to have little obstacle courses before it was just one-on-one fighting. Mm. Looks like that. It reminds me of that. But yeah, I remember that. It was good. I think so, I had it for the Amstrad. Yeah, you might have done. Yeah, I think I had it for the Amiga. I am um, no, it was the Amstrad. You had it for the Amstrad. It, yes, you definitely, definitely, definitely did. Hundred percent certain. So um, it's time for your little mate to come out of his hidey hole and give us another game. I'm going to stop um, being horrible to him now because actually he's not had a bad trot. Yep. So, UFV, that's two good ones on the bounce. Euphoria and this were both very, very good. Actually, so let's can keep it up. He called us vaginas in the last episode because that also starts with V, which... <laughs> oh, what's he called? So, I, call I don't know what w. he's going to call us with a W. <laughs> Wallies. <laughs> the game 
WW, don't you? You wankers. Next <laughs> game is Wagyaland. Yeah. No thanks. Right. See ya. FBI, open up! <laughs> um, sounds like a type of posh beef. Wagyaland, bro. Right, well, okay. um, let's. I've never heard of it, but I suppose we'll... Is dive like, into that next time. I think it's like Waggion Wheels, the, the uh, popular chocolate. Waggion like, Wheels. Paint your It's like Waggion Wheels. Someone eating Waggion Beef on a Waggion Wheel. Or is it like Jamaican Hatwa Wagwan Wheel? I don't know. I think that's cultural appropriation. No, you can't. That's what we do. Can't say anything nowadays. If, if McDonald's can't release a jerk sandwich, you can't say Wagwan. <laughs> Now, what if I advertise a jerk sandwich just because it, I am one? Yeah, fair enough. I think that's okay. Anyway, 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 anyway. Let's wrap this shit in a in a bow. Um, we've got a Discord now. Um, it's yeah. early days, so it's it's a bit quiet. But I'll, I'll let Saul tell you more because he set it up. All, all I've done is just gone. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah. All it is is um, just a place to come and say hello. But mainly, we set it up so if ever we have any kind of online games of any description, uh, we can all jump in there, not just us three, but also anybody who fancies a game night and wants to jump on Discord and play something on the PC, or even use Discord to be the chat mechanism whilst you play on the PlayStation or something like that. I'm quite happy to stream these to the podcast channel. Um, just drop in there. And if you're bored, because we're all on chuffing lockdown, you can just come along and say, um, anybody up for a game of this? And chances are, one of us will be. Probably me, because these other two fuck idiots watch telly. <laughs> <laughs> so on that bombshell, um, if you don't have Discord, um, you can also find us on Twitter or Instagram at PixelHuntPod. You can watch us play stuff on Twitch as PixelHuntPod. You can see some shit about us and listen to these podcasts, not only on Apple and wherever you do that thing, but over at www.pixelhuntpodcast.com. Oh, what? You can also drop us an email if you like. How do, how do at pixelhuntpodcast.com. Finally, I will put up the poll for the next 16-bit platform when we've dropped this episode. So if you want to help us decide on whatever we're going to pick, um, it's probably going to be SNES, Amiga, slash ST, but what play ST because that's shit. Uh, Mega Drive. I don't know if the PC Engine will get a free pass because it's technically 8-bit. We're a bit 16-bit in it. I think we should, whatever, we'll just put the PC Engine in every single <laughs> survey we do. But yeah, there'll be a poll up there. You can either vote on that or drop us an email. We just need enough votes to make his mind up for us. Excellent. So until next time, keep on keeping on. We're Pixel Hunt Podcast. Playing the games so you don't, don't have to. Have to. Have to.